Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Pili. And welcome to The, the Bariatric, Bariatric Life. Life. We are not medical professionals. This is strictly our opinions based on our experience with bariatric surgery. Please consult with your doctor. The purpose of this podcast is to bring up conversations about weight loss surgery, whether you're contemplating doing it, have done it, or are getting ready to take the plunge. So, how's it going, Jess? It's going great. All right. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, yes. Um, seven years ago, I was sleeved. I got sleeved in Mexico. I remember. And um, my highest weight was 352 pounds. Highest recorded weight was um, 346 pounds at a Weight Watchers, at a Weight Watchers meeting. And um, when I had my sleeve, my surgery weight was 329 um, I did reach a low of 181 with the sleeve, um, but for the most part, I always maintain around 198, 200 pounds. COVID happened, and I did, I did gain weight, and I reached about 218 pounds. Um, things have happened. I lost weight. I had some plastics done. And most recently, three months ago, I underwent a revision from gastric sleeve to gastric bypass due to severe GERD. And you, Billy, tell us about you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I've known Jess for almost more than 10 years now. And I saw when she went through her gastric surgery, and I always wanted to do it. And she was gracious enough to say, hey, I'll give you the $500 deposit. Just do it. This will be the best thing that you do. But I really wanted to wait it out and see if my insurance would pay for it. And even then, I didn't have the cash up front to, to pay an out-of-country out of surgery. So seven years later, my insurance decided to uh, have gastric weight loss surgery as part of its plan. And here we are today. I am two weeks out. I start my liquid diet on Wednesday, June 29th, I believe. Yeah, June 28th. Sorry, June 28th. And I'm excited. Like, I, I, I can't believe that it's happening. I'm full of nerves, but Jess has been amazing um, helping me and referring me to support groups online. And this is kind of how this started because we were having this conversation and we figured, okay, just like me, there's probably a lot of other women out there that have questions and doubts and fears. And um, we need to, to talk about it so that you can see that this is relatable. Oh, absolutely. Very relatable. You'd be surprised how many people undergo surgery. And um, when you get surgery done here in the States, it's... it's um, for the most part, a lot of the times your insurance company makes you go through so many steps, so many meetings, counseling, all this and this and that to ensure that you are mentally prepared for this. But then there's this whole group of people that go abroad for surgery because <clears throat> insurance won't cover it. And, um, and those people are left pretty much without... Um, without all that preparation mm -hmm. that here in the States you would get 
from your from having to undergo all those uh, meetings and counseling psych evaluations all that stuff the people that go abroad don't get that so i feel that it's it's a good idea that we're doing this because well we can i can share my experience having done it abroad and even haven't done surgery in the States because I did have my revision done here in the, in the US. Um, so I can share both of my experiences and the last seven years I dealt with my gastric sleeve, learning as I went and pretty much that was it. Yeah, and I will say that you can take as many uh, therapy sessions as you want. You can take any psych evaluations as you want. Nothing prepares you to see a plate of food that you're used to devouring and knowing that you're only going to take two or three bites and you'll be full. Like I still cannot wrap my mind around that. And I've gone to two therapy sessions and I've had my psych evaluation and they know like I am ready and I feel ready, but then it's like food is my kryptonite. And it's like you just imagining like my mother-in-law is coming over to do um, masita de puerco, that's uh, fried pork chunks. And it's like the thought that I'm not going to be able to eat that for a while. That's where depression hits a little. And I think that is the hardest part of, of having the surgery is that you know already that there are certain foods that you're not going to be able to eat again for a while, for a while. And that's correct. It is only for a while. I mean, one of the things that you're going to learn with weight loss surgery is everything in moderation. Um, you will eventually be able to introduce certain foods, but as long as you do so with moderation and you incorporate physical activity into your life, you can have a successful, uh, successful life after weight loss surgery and eventually have what would be considered somewhat of a normal portion. Um, without having to deal with regain because you've acquired, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The better habits. Mm. So um, you're not condemned to no longer eating the foods that you love. You'll just have to learn to make better choices. Um, Billy comes to me the other day asking me all these questions and I, what did I tell you? Um, uh, have you ever heard of Google? Exactly. <laughs> and it's not because I'm being mean, but because like I told her, I'm like, this is your new life. Cause she goes, you're my Bible, my bariatric Bible or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not, this is your new life. You need to research it. You need to submerge yourself into it. You need to absorb it because there's so many things I can tell you, but you're not going to understand them. Like I tell you, don't complicate your life. Don't complicate your life. Just right. do the protein shakes. But then here she goes and she's doing all these like soups or powder soups <laughs> and all these things that the doctor is selling her. And I'm like, no, you don't have to spend that kind of money. And that's okay. I respect her. Well, she hold on. Go just, that way. just to reiterate, it was cheaper with these powder sugars, that, I mean, powder soups than going out to buy all the packs of Premier and, and stuff. So that's why I did it. It's cheaper and it's like right there. It's already labeled. I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat. That's. That's the reason. But yes, what she says is absolutely right. You can totally, you know, get away with chicken broth and 
beef consume and premier yeah. shakes and and that's the thing like <clears throat> you have to understand what you're getting yourself into because this is your life um i tell people i can tell you anything and everything you want about the surgery but if you don't understand it because i've told people like okay this is what happens with the surgery this is how it goes this is they're gonna do this to your stomach and they still don't understand it and i'm like you need to research it you need to understand what you're getting yourself into because at the end of the day this is your body this is your stomach this is the life you are deciding to live going forward right so you need to understand what you're what you are getting yourself into and hopefully with this podcast we're able to um to make awareness make awareness and show you guys how we are living our lives I know. Our bariatric life. Well, I know I said to tell us a little bit about yourself. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background, like where you come from? Because I know culture and food go hand in hand. And um, so (laughs) tell us where you're from, and then I'll tell you guys where I'm from. So I was born and raised in L.A. I've been living in Atlanta for about 20 years already. And I am Mexican. I am of Mexican descent. I love Mexican food. I love tacos. I love tortillas, tortillas, Mm. quesadillas. Um, chilaquiles, not so much tamales, but anything that has tortillas and maize or corn tortillas, I'm all about it. That's, that's my kryptonite. You can call it, Mm -hmm. um, chilaquiles, uh, tacos, quesadillas, tacos dorados. If it's got corn tortilla in it, I'm all about that life. So, all right. And I love food. I love carbohydrates. Mm. I like meat, but I don't love it. As much as I prefer pasta and potatoes. Oh, yeah. And, of course, my corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way it is. Okay, that's good. I, I love everything that you love also. You know, I just want to put that out there. I love Mexican food. Um, I, I am 46 years old, and I was born in Jersey, and I was raised in the South. I was raised here in Georgia since I was a baby, pretty much, since I was one. I've lived in Georgia. I've gone up to uh, upstate a, uh, a lot. I frequent going up there. But my family, my descent is my father's Cuban, my mother Colombian. My daughter's father is Mexican, which I kind of learned uh, Mexican cuisine because I was with him for about 10 years. My current husband of 14 years is now, he's Puerto Rican. So I've learned Puerto Rican cuisine, which is very similar to Cuban food. And um, I have a very uh, complex relationship with food and carbohydrates, especially because being a gordita all your life, like I um, have always been a little bit overweight all my life. And I've always, you know, with the celebration, you eat food. When you're sad, you eat food. You know, it's like everything is food. Everything is surrounded by food. Exactly. So I've had this. I love hate because I, even though I love to, love to eat it, I know that me hace daño. I know that it's, it's harmful sometimes when I overeat. So what can I say? Like I just, I will turn down a, a plate of candy. I'll, you know, I won't, I'm not a dulcera. Like I don't like sweets. I like to cook sweets. I do a killer uh, flan and banana pudding or Banana bread, that pie, the uh, one, the pecan, pecan pie. pie. Oh, oh my god. god! I do love to bake sweets. I don't like to eat it, uh, but my my weakness is habichuelas, arroz, tortones, 
carnita fritas, like e everything Caribbean, I guess, is what I'll, I'll eat. And that's my, that's my kryptonite, which is, you know, and it's kind of funny because <clears throat> I have a 17-year-old daughter and she broke up with a little boyfriend a couple of years ago. And I remember that my instinct was to run to Walmart and buy her a pint of haagen and sit with her and buy her Oreo cookies and be like, just cry it out, mommy, it's okay. Here, here's a spoonful of dulce de leche ice cream. I don't know what to say. If you're terrible, you're so supportive. <laughs> I know. It's like, what I'm am like, I Why not? Her? Let's go to the park. I know. Let's cry out this with yeah, let's cry. running let's go and walking. I don't revenge know. body. Let's go work out. Like, I don't even, that didn't even cross my mind. I'm like, oh, you need, you need We're just so used to running to food yeah. for coping. It is. It and is. and that's another thing that I, that I want to, because she hasn't yet had her surgery. So she no. does, she has not faced the coping without food. Oh gosh. Um, I want to say that was like one of my biggest issues or things that I had to learn to deal with is um, when you're down, when you're depressed and you're used to eating, you're used to going to food to heal or to feel better. And suddenly that's no longer an option. So that's something that we're going to be bringing up eventually as Billy goes through her surgery and starts facing those moments in life yeah um we'll just you'll be able to hear it live or yeah. as it's as it's happening in a re in recent situations but um those are things that we're gonna that we're going to talk about and we are going to deal with or i've dealt with i've been learning i'm dealing with them and Billy is going to eventually face them yeah and, and deal with them It's a scary thought, though, you know, like when you as you're saying that I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do? Because I am not an active person like I love to dance, um, but I'm not like, let's wake up at eight and go to the gym. Like just Jess has called me at 730 in the morning on a Saturday. Like I'm going to your house. Let's go to Stone Mountain, which is a huge park here in Georgia. We're going to climb the mountain. I'm like. Girl, like I just turned the other way to go back to sleep. I'll, I'll talk to says, you later. She just says, come and pick up Audi. Yeah. Audi is her daughter. Pick, pick up my daughter. She'll go. And my daughter's like, no. <laughs> she like hides in her bed. Uh, yeah. So I'm not really an active person. So, But um, I know that exercise has to be a huge part now of my life. Like it, it's going to have to be like just like going to work. Like I just have to integrate that into my work, my life schedule. It will. You will eventually integrate it um, as it becomes easier with the movement, as you start losing weight and, you know, the the back stops hurting as much. The knees stop hurting. My ankles. Yeah, that too. <clears throat> I'm like, it'll become easier. And you yourself will want to um, incorporate it um, just to make yourself help feel better. And um, and also because eventually we're going to end up with skin that's a given yeah we don't need to so. talk about that right now because we don't even have to see that as something negative no. it's actually something that just shows how far you've gone and how big you no, were exactly but you know? what i'm trying to say is that most people are going to try to combat it and, yeah. and 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 start adding exercise and fitness into mm -hmm. their life which is a good motivation yeah it is it's a it good is. motivator to okay like let's start incorporating exercise eventually as you can So, and let me just say that as you're saying that when I first started this, 
um, idea that I was having the surgery done and I, you know, I had already met with my surgeon. Um, I went in a rabbit hole of TikTok videos of weight loss surgery and they are people like I am five one and my highest weight was 260, um, which I'm still dealing with. My lowest weight at one point was 160, which was like in 2008, you know, when I was like, well, I mean, 160. Yeah, like 100 pounds from 2008 to now. And um, <clears throat> I will tell you this. I cannot compare what I'm going to lose to someone who was 400 pounds and lost 200 pounds. Like the amount of skin that that person has, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how I'm going to look, you know? And that's a thing that really scares people is because they start seeing um, women who have lost 200 pounds with all this immense skin and they're like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I prefer to be gordita and rellenita and my skin is tight, you know. And, and instead of looking at the positives of the surgery, instead of the vanity of the surgery. But then I started, like, not looking at women who have lost 40 pounds and just start looking at women who have lost 60 pounds, uh, 70 pounds, you know, because that's some those 70 pounds I haven't been able to lose by myself without the surgery. And then I'm looking at their body and I'm like, okay, it's really not that bad. You know, they just, you know, work out and whatever, you know, like just Jess always says this to me, you are going to have saggy skin, whether you have this surgery or you don't, when you lose the weight naturally, or you lose the weight with the surgery, you're going to have saggy skin. It's going to happen, especially when you're, you know, of a more mature age, of a mature age. Um, it's going to lose elasticity. Our skin loses elasticity. So I'm like, we may as well just go into this with certain certain expectations. That way we don't feel disappointed. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, having had weight loss surgery seven years ago, I was 33 years old when I had my gastric sleeve. Every day I wish I had done it when I was in my 20s, when yeah. I was much younger. I do not regret it. I don't care for the skin. Like the skin, yes, it did bother me. But at the end of the day, the reward of how I felt and how you looked how i looked and yeah and how i looked um contributed to how i felt about myself mm-hmm. uh mentally about myself and also physically like being able to go to sleep being able to sleep and not feel like i'm dying when i'm sleeping being able to go for a walk and yeah. like not being short of breath so all those things i'm like i don't regret the surgery and who cares about the skin Eventually you do, but you learn to deal with it and accept it and save up some money. Well, I think that we've talked a lot about what we're going to talk about. We've done a big summary about different topics that we're going to be narrowing into. Um, So if you are somebody who is thinking about having the surgery or know somebody who's thinking about having the surgery or you're scared about the surgery, go ahead and share this podcast with them. Like us, follow us, share it with other people, um, send questions to our messenger. Um, we just are open for ideas. If you guys want to come on, come on, you know, we're welcome to have guests. And like I said, this is a forum for us to just be honest and kind of just chip away at that stigma, the negative stigma of what weight loss surgery is because this is not the easy way out it definitely is not let me tell you that it is not the easy way out and um like Billy said 
join us follow us subscribe to our channel and um and share share, share it share it help those uh, help those other people that are going through this and uh, and just so you know um by you telling your story you can't imagine how many people you are helping or motivating mm -hmm. or inspiring so don't be afraid of opening up yeah and now more than ever uh women we need to support women so this in no way is a forum to bash other people for their weight uh this is more about honesty i mean this is who we are no matter what weight we are we're beautiful we're goddesses and we rock every day absolutely all right well hope to hear from you guys soon it was fun jess i'm glad we did this i know right thank you for listening thank you for your time and y'all have a great day stay tuned <laughs>